welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. How's it going? Good, buddy. And this is episode 14. We have, we are so deep into the off season of the WNBA, but so much has happened, so much to talk about. There was absolutely a wild uh, free agency that we're definitely going to get into and some controversies as well, which we're going to start mm-hmm. off with here today. Uh, Liz Cambage, our girl, I mean, just really bringing in the topics week after week. I absolutely love her. Um, you know, she really blasted uh the las vegas aces for how much they chose to pay becky hammond so becky is making a million dollars a season and it turns out the highest paid wnba player makes uh around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. it's a bit less than that mm-hmm. yeah. uh per season and, you know, Liz Cambage called it out and she ended up leaving the Aces to sign with the Sparks, which was something we had, um, you know, a slight suspicion about. We thought maybe Liz could leave when we were looking at the free agents last episode that this is something that could happen. But it, it happened and it seems like this controversy really pushed things over the edge. I just want to pull up what she said here, uh, Liz Campage uh, tweeted this. She said, quote, ah, yes, the WNBA, where a head coach can get paid four times the highest paid players, super max contract, LMAO, and y'all think I'm going to spend another season upgrading my seat on a flight to get to games out of my own pocket. So Liz Cambage earns a bit more than 221K last season for the Aces, which put her in a seven-way tie as the mm-hmm. highest paid players uh, in the league. So yeah, she's right. It is, it is four times the amount. Um, Freddie, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, the first like, you know, gut, reaction is go get him Liz mm-hmm. um she's totally right it's such a you know I, I think that it's one of those this is one of those like headlines can be a little bit misleading because she's not going after Becky really right um and I think she's not really upset that that Becky specifically who's a former you know WNBA legend um, is, is making a million dollars. It's that there's, you know, there it's a league that kind of doesn't value its players enough. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that later in the podcast with the priority prioritization rule, but yeah, I think players not being, you know, players are, are the main reason that this league is a success. So you have to reward them as such. They're the main product. And, um, yeah, I like, I think it's just kind of ridiculous that she has to come out and complain like this and it's important and it's good, but also in the article, one thing that I found just utterly ridiculous is that the, you know, these are, these are large people. These are tall people. They need, you know, more leg room and they can't fly coach. So they're flying you know, just charter, sorry, they're not, they're flying like, just like commercial flights, commercial flights. And 
obviously in any other league, that would be like ridiculous. And um, I, I mean, I keep saying the word ridiculous, but I just, well, I'm trying to emphasize that it's unfair and it doesn't really seem to work with like, you know, having athletes be like ready for games. Like there's a, a part of this article where they talk about how, you know, the, the, the Connecticut sun had a bunch of travel issues in, in a semifinal. Uh, I think it was in 2020. So I'm uh, sorry, probably wasn't 2020 because the wobble, maybe it was 2019, but yeah, it's just, uh, Oh, I thought it was last season. Let me oh, try and find was, that as, as you, yeah. you keep going. Here. Um, but yeah, I think Liz is just kind of stepping out here and saying that, um, sure. It's a, it's a win for, for Becky and for coaches and for well, you know, like a legend to be paid big money in the WNBA, but it, it really highlights the fact that the players need to be paid more. The, the salary cap, uh, which is a hard cap um, for the WNBA. And for anyone listening that doesn't know, you know, hard cap, soft cap, that kind of stuff. Hard cap is basically, you know, emphasis on the word hard. It means you cannot spend more than that amount, period, end of story. And the WNBA team, uh, hard cap I saw somewhere in this article I'm pretty sure it's close to about like uh, a million and a half or something like that so mm-hmm. yeah you know just think the math is pretty easy right like no one could make more than a million because it's like you'd be running into the cap right away so I think it's something the league has to look at they have to raise the salaries or maybe make it a soft cap so that big teams can spend uh, I mean that's not the best way to create a league of parody, but also from a player's earning type of thing, I think it's something you have to do. You have to make sure that, you know, uh, you know, Brianna Stewart or, or Liz Campage or Asia Wilson or whomever can, you know, out earn Becky. Yeah. I mean, uh, so just to clarify the Connecticut sun, that was this past season that they had travel issues. And, um, yeah, like it also mentions that often teams will have to split apart in their travels just so taller Mm. players won't have to sit in a middle seat because obviously like they're six foot eight, six foot nine, like they can't cram into those seats and it's also just not good for them. Um, Yeah, this, you know, we talked about this last episode about how um, the WNBA really markets the league and not its players. Mm -hmm. And the more I look at this, it's like, it's a fundamental um, philosophy in its approach, right? Like it isn't like, when I looked at it, before I thought it was more marketing, but no, this is like a fundamental approach to way to the way it is conducting business because it is not valuing its players mm-hmm. the way it should. And, you know, the Las Vegas aces are also owned by the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. So that to me is probably how they have the money to have Becky on the team because it was going to cost a lot of money to quote unquote lure her away from the NBA right like why would she leave the NBA to make significantly less in the WNBA but 
look, if, if I was a player in this league, I would feel exactly like Liz. Like I, um, I would be pissed. I would want to leave. I I'm a star. If you're Liz Cambage, think about it. You're a fucking star mm-hmm. in this league and your team doesn't value you. And like, you know, basically, okay, this, this is going to sound like a tangent, but I promise it'll come back. Um, when I was like young, I was in college and I was at this like one of a kind show, right. That happens like two times a year in Toronto, the mm-hmm. one of a kind show. And I know it. Yeah. And there is, I love it. And there's this hey, get, artist. Get yourself some arts and crafts. No worries. You got to get yourself some arts and crafts. There's this artist and she had a painting and I really liked this painting. And I asked her if she had any prints. Cause of course, like I'm in college, like I, I'm not, I don't, I don't have original art money, you know? And she was like, no, sorry. I, I don't have a print. Uh, I don't do prints. Um, and then I just started talking to her a bit and she's like, okay, well you're a student. So I would give you a student discount, which was like very generous. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Let me just think about it and I'll come back. I decided I still couldn't afford it even with the student discount. And so I just talked to her about that. And I was like, you know, if there's any, like if anything happens, if there's any other sale or something, blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, she was like, you know, I have to price my art at a certain level, because if I don't value it that high, no one else will. And that always stayed with me. That always, always stayed with me. And I feel like that is the case here as well. Like if you don't hold yourself to a certain like standard to a certain level, nobody else will. And I think Liz Cambage saw that and was just like, I am worth more than this and I'm going to leave. Even if maybe she was going to leave anyway, we don't know, but that this was definitely the final, you know, nail in the coffin, so to speak. And I'm very pro Liz on this. And, you know, Freddie, I was going to switch up the topics, but I do feel we're actually moving um, towards our, the prioritization rule. If you want to keep it the order that you had it. Um, well, let me just say, I, I went to that same one of a kind show and believe it or not, do you know that artist is Elizabeth campage <laughs> before she made it to the WNBA. I was waiting to, to say that joke for, for too long. And, uh, she was I, six I appreciate- a, I'll never forget her. <laughs> Yeah. No, when you started your rant, I'm like, was listening intently, but also like, oh man, that artist has got to be Elizabeth Campbell. No, I love um, it. I love it. This is who we are. This is what we do. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, and it's interesting too, you know, what, and we'll get to, to that as well, but that she went to LA, right? Where you go to be a star. And I feel like it's, it's a problem in the WNBA. You know, you brought it up, we were talking about it last week. This, like, they, they're, they're not prioritizing, you know, uh, kind of sort of a pun there, their players in the right way. Like they're not using their energy um, to fuel the mm-hmm. momentum of the league. I think they're trying to sort of like hold them in place and control too much. Yeah. I think, I, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The league's at a place where they got to just let people let their personalities go, let the branding happen. And I think let the public connect with the with the WNBA 
in whatever organic ways that that happens. And, you know, I think when you try and tailor growth too much, you can kind of stunt it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of stand-up comedy here in Canada because it's like, yes, I'm a stand-up comedian, but I make my money as a writer and mm-hmm. being a stand-up is just leverage, right? Yeah. And so many people do that. Like they make the most of their money as, a, as an actor or doing these That's other me. things. And, and comedy is just a way to, to leverage yourself. Like Liz Cambage, I don't know, but I think she probably makes way more money as a DJ as and an influencer probably. than she does off of basketball. But basketball leverages her into uh, a place where she can be an influencer, right? And and that's kind of how I see it with a lot of WNBA players. Like, there's only so many people that just do WNBA stuff and and nothing else. And uh, the are the other thing we wanted to talk about is this prioritization rule. And so that is mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, Freddie, you can clarify if I don't get it right, but it's essentially a, a thing in WNBA contracts that they try to negotiate so that if you are playing overseas or you do something else overseas, that your WNBA team is prioritized or that you have to play there first. I think there's other um, things to it because it's an issue if you have an injury while playing in another league or you have a, a contractual obligation to another league and then you can't start into the WNBA until later in the season. Um, for me, I feel like I understand why someone would want that in a contract, but they were using um, Stewie, Brianna Stewart, it, as an example in the article. She made $1.5 million in a European league. In, in Russia. In Russia versus yeah. here. I mean, where here she makes like $230,000 per season. There, There's no leverage to stay. Yeah. Like I, I'm actually, I, I, as I was reading this, I didn't realize until doing this research that the wealth disparity was that large. Me either. I'm so shocked that anyone plays in the WNBA at all. Like, I I don't know if it's just like American patriotism because like we're Canadian and like, yes, we're, we're patriotic and we love Canada. I don't love Canada to give up a million dollars. No, for it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, I'm not saying she gave up a million dollars because she, she tries to spread her time between both leagues, but like, that is a wild difference. I would never, I would never give the WNBA my time or my priority um, over that amount of money. No, no, it just doesn't make any kind of business sense. You know, I think as an athlete, your 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 earning window is so small that to to allow, you know, and this prioritization thing, I guess it was, it came into, uh, you know, to the league in the most recent bargaining agreement in 2020. And you can kind of understand it. It's like, they're trying to introduce a summer league and they're trying to cultivate this idea that, you know, this is the best league where the best players play and all that sort of thing. But yeah, that just doesn't matter at all. 
if the payment disparity is that big because Mm -hmm. it just is totally unrealistic and you know in this article it's interesting because you can see where both where the WNBA is coming from and you can also you know see where Stewie's coming from because for the WNBA they're like well you just you went over to play on a different team and you you know you hurt your Achilles and yes she hurt her Achilles in Europe yeah but also if what if you're the you know the European team or the Russian team and you're like well I don't want you playing in the WNBA you earn like less than a quarter of what you earn here Mm-hmm. and we could you know we, we'd be pretty okay with you not injuring yourself considering we're paying you as well so yeah i think you know stewie saying that it's really important and it's something that needs to be worked out is like a massive understatement it's it's a it's it's totally unrealistic and i think it's in line with the WNBA trying to control its players without mm-hmm. also giving them the benefits of um a much bigger contract like you know you 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 don't want them to play overseas okay then beat 1.5 and like beat it by a lot i'd say yeah the audacity to want Mm -hmm. a prioritization for significantly less money is just i don't even understand how it's even existed honestly yeah it's that that definitely seems like owners were like "This, this seems good and yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that's like striking territory for the players because it just is so, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, if it was enforced or I, I don't know to the degree that it's enforced, I don't know if it's like, do contracts exist without it? Are there exceptions to it? Uh, that I'm not well, sure. They did say there's exceptions, you know, when it comes to playing for a national team. But that to me is like, okay, that's great. just the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this also makes me think, wait a second, you know, similar to you, I, I didn't realize the, the disparity was that big. So I'm thinking how many incredible, you know, like women's basketball players have just don't not, even bother, just don't even bother exactly coming to the WNBA because they're like, Hey, I'm like, I'm rich over here and I don't care to prove myself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know what it also made me think about? And I I don't mean to get too like existential, but it's just like, why are, and I actually have no idea. Like every time, you know, I've been following basketball for so long. And when we mention Europe, it's just this like big wasteland of basketball. I mean, just strictly in basketball terms, not like geographically Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it's just like, I don't know what, how many European leagues there are. I don't even know what they're called. I don't know what their seasons are. I don't know how long they play. I don't know their viewership. I don't know their attendance. Like I don't know anything about any European league because we talk about it like it's just this big unknown where people go and sometimes people find success there. And it's like, it, it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder a couple things. One, the WNBA making a greatest list of all time, how much of that list is a joke, frankly, compared to just women's basketball over the last 25 years, period. Who knows? Also, it just makes me think, 
what is it about Europe that they can embrace women in sport in a way that we in North America don't seem to be able to do? And it, and it really upsets me when I think about it that way. No, it's, it, it's, it's a great point and it is deeply upsetting. It's something I've always thought about, you know, as a Canadian, um, you know, hockey is like our biggest sport here. And it's always been kind of like gross and confounding to me that we don't have like a really established women's hockey league in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like it just is, is kind of indicative of like, the 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 you know patriarchal i guess landscape of north america um you know because soccer you know women's soccer leagues are also much bigger in europe and and around the world so i yeah i i think it's definitely you know uh like a pretty north american it's not like like specifically north american but like it's it's an area where north america is 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 woefully behind and uh yeah, it's something to be, you know, kind of ashamed about, I think. Yeah, because like, I, you know, I think of Russia as a very conservative country. Right. I mean, and they are right. But it's like. They have a, a thriving women's league. Well, OK, well, you know what? I, I know we're, we're, we're big on making promises here on the pod. Oh God, I still, still didn't watch the, that dog. <laughs> still didn't watch the doc. <laughs> We will. Okay. We will. But I'm going to make another promise just to like give, give us a long list. We need list. to put it in a calendar and schedule it. And then you and I watch it together. We That's do. what needs to happen. But we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to detail like what the landscape, we're going to do some research and figure out what the landscape for women's basketball abroad is. Uh, I will say just some very quick cursory searching around. Um, and I know this is sort of similar with men's, but it's a Euro league. I think the most popular thing is a Euro league, AKA many countries um, where, you know, it's not like, like it will be something like two or three cities in Russia have teams uh, sitting in Israel as a team, that sort of thing. Um, I know that's how it works for, for men's basketball um, in Europe. So it could be, uh, I mean, but there are specific leagues as well in Europe. There's like the Lithuanian league and, etc etc but um yeah uh we'll get to the bottom of it that's that's another freddie and Catherine promise okay oh my god (laughs) anyway it's just the uh the free agency process liz um calling things out it really opened our minds and opened up this issue for us a bit more um you know i think like there were a lot of commercials and campaigns around um around equal pay for women in the WNBA and I felt like I didn't fully understand it because I was like well the league makes less money why would they have equal pay but then when you look at a team that's also owned by the Raiders and can pay their coach four times you know the salary of any player Mm -hmm. it makes you realize oh the money does exist that's right the money exists and it's Which just is why, yeah. who is it, it? Who is it going to, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and that's why I kind of brought up the hard cap thing too. Cause you know, the NHL has a hard cap. Um, the, the MLB has no cap. 
uh, and the and the NBA has like a luxury tax sort of thing. So I think moving towards a luxury tax could be something that you know hopefully happens in the next CBA uh, for for the WNBA, where you know let's say LA or New York are willing to outspend, then then jokes on Connecticut. You know the league is still in a in a young enough place that you want the highest, you, you want the talent to, to be there. Right. So if LA and New York and, you know, whatever, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, other, other wealthy kind of destinations in the WNBA, if they can outbid the smaller markets and so be it. Uh, I think that we're at, we're at a place where the competitive disadvantage, I, I think is less important than, uh, the rise in players' salaries, you know, in, in, in it happens in the MLS, right? The uh, the American Soccer League, which Toronto is also in, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Toronto specifically is willing to outspend the majority of the league. So we've been because you know, they ha- make money through the Leafs, through the Raptors, through- exactly. Yeah, and they have exactly so like Mark Davis, uh, son of you know, uh, famed uh, Raiders owner Al Davis, is extremely independently wealthy. Uh, and I know that happens a lot in, in you know, uh, international soccer, like, you know, there's like Russian owners and that sort of thing who own Man City and Chelsea. And they just come in there with deep pockets and they say, hey, I want to win. So let's just buy it. Let's bring all the stars, bring the best coaches. And let's, yeah, let's give a guy like Mark Davis the opportunity to say, hey, I'm spending this much on Becky, but I have a hard cap, so I can't spend more. Well, how about if you take away the hard cap, then I'm going to bring over like Liz, Asia Wilson, you know, like all the big players, kind of Tina Charles, like they can just sweep up free agency. And then you have a team like Connecticut that's like, oh, like maybe we need more money on our team. Mm. Anyhow, that's my rant. Let's move on to free agency. Um, we did have a lot of moves. We talked about Liz uh, going to the yep, Sparks. Huge move. Um, the Mercury also did really well. Um, they kept uh, Sophie Cunningham and Kia Nurse, but they also brought in Diamond to Shields, um, which is a good move. And uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about that. Um, no, yeah, just uh, Phoenix seems like they totally did. Not only did they bring everybody back, but they got Tina Charles. They are yes, very much course. like, I miss that. you know, Sorry. yeah, just they, they seemed like they, they crushed free agency. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, when we talked about this earlier, we framed it as like who won free agency and it's not completely finished. So I think that's, that's sort of hard to say. Um, and you know, like a player, like, for me, like Liz Campage coming to the Sparks, like that, like to me, they you you win free agency if you if you get like an MVP level player to switch teams. Um, but also, you know, a lot of big players were retained uh, for for Phoenix and um, yeah, Griner, Dean Smith. Um, uh, where where was it? I was seeing here. Yeah, they also like yeah retained Nurse Cunningham, Shea Petty. So Phoenix is, is definitely set up to make another um, deep run. I guess Kia won't be playing next year, but um, yeah, but they're, yeah. they're set. Same with uh, the Seattle storm. We also called that. We figured once 
Sue Bird made her statement that she was going to play another season, that everyone would run it back with her. And that's absolutely the case. They signed Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, uh, Mercedes Russell, and uh, they they lost. Uh, oh, what's her name? Her name's Can. Her last name's Canada, <laughs> which always throws oh, yeah. me off. Um, but other than that, they were able to retain their team. And so, yeah, they did well in terms of being able to secure what they had. I completely agree with you. The Sparks absolutely won free agency. Like getting Liz Cambage is so huge. And what a steal, right? And you weaken yes. the other team. And like. they're the 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 Sparks are the team that ended up getting Jordan Canada. And you got to figure like if the Agumake sisters are healthy, which they weren't last year, um, if they're healthy, they could make a real run at this. Like they are going to be fierce. Like they missed the playoffs last year uh, only for the fourth time in franchise history. You know, this is a franchise that's used to winning. They're mm-hmm. definitely going to be back in the picture in a way that we did not see last year at all. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a really, really great year for the Sparks. I'm really looking forward to watching them. I think... Oh, yeah, please go ahead. I was going to say, how, how sweet would it be to be a Sparks fan? You know, you lose Parker one off season, and it's like, oh, this is this sucks. Mm. The next off season, you get Cam Page. Yeah, like that yeah. is like what instant relief is that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, I don't know if like I mean, Candace was like, you know, I just needed to be home. I needed to go home. I don't know if she left for any other reason. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was like necessarily bad blood, but just like, you know, if I was a Sparks fan, I would have been devastated that Candace left. Yeah. Yeah. Like she sure. was like played for their sure. whole career, you know, is like yeah. a, is an absolute legend. One like, of the greats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Freddie, your Chicago Sky, according Uh-oh. to this ESPN article that you sent me, it says that, uh, Vandersloot and Allie Quigley have yet to say whether they will be back or not. Freddie, what's going on? Um, let me just say that uh, quite the opposite of Phoenix. Um, I think we both were like, yeah, Chicago, you won. Bring it all back. Not the case. Uh, yeah. Quigley and Vandersloot are both like haven't announced. So that's got to be scary if you're uh, you know, a Chicago fan. Parker's yeah, still going to be there, but Dolson also left and the shields. So it's like, it's not, not a great situation in Chicago. Like, and they really needed, they like, like Dolson came through for Chicago yeah, there clutch buckets. Yeah. Especially like with having to guard a uh, Brittany Griner, like that's such a huge assignment. And Dolson yeah. is like, uh, she's a bench player, right? Like she's a rotation player, but like, they needed her and she came through. So uh, I'm surprised they didn't retain her. Um, the shields was a trade, but I actually, I don't understand this trade. I, I, I'm just so confused by what they're doing, why these negotiations are, are taking so long. You think Courtney Vandersloot would be such a, I said sleuth, like it had like a TH, but it's just a T sleuth. Um, I don't know why. So you're saying she's not a detective. It's <laughs> absolutely what I'm saying. Um, why this isn't a priority. I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah. And, you know, I should say they still have Kalea Copper, who's obviously like on the come up big time. But yes, um, but she was not a free agent. Yes, um, she was. She was not. She was not. So, yeah, you know, they still have Candace Parker. They still have Kalea Copper. But yeah. So they're they're not like, contract. you know, going to miss the playoffs type thing. But uh, and they also added a. Um, uh, Misaman. Well, just according to this ESPN article, it's a reportedly adding Misaman, um, which is you know it's a pretty big get as well. Uh, Julia Alamond, I don't I don't know, but um, I guess they're acquiring her via trade. But uh, yeah, I think if you're expecting to go back, you know, back to back titles, you should be worried in Chicago. Um, I say you because I'm allowing myself space to choose a new team oh. before. That's right. Uh, listen, until Toronto gets a team, I might float around. Okay. We'll see what happens. Okay. No, I accept it. I accept it. I absolutely accept that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye on, on the sky. Cause <laughs> eye on the sky. Um, because I I don't know what's going on here. I I don't know why this is, maybe it's just like a longer negotiation, but it's just, I don't know. It's puzzling to me. Um, I'm surprised the New York Liberty didn't do a lot. You think they would have been a potential free agent destination. Um, they, they made some moves, but nothing significant, nothing that I feel really like pushes the needle for them in a, in a significant way. Um, you think with, uh, Sabrina Inescu, they would do a little more to build around her, but I don't, I don't know what's going on in Liberty land. Yeah. I'm just looking at like, you know, it seems like, um, you know, uh, Howard and, uh, Benajelani is sort of like, I, it seems like they're kind of relying on a, healthier season they, they they did get um uh dolson uh it seems like that's where dolson went mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. which is you know uh I, i'd say pretty significant but i yeah i think they're hoping uh um unesco and 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 the squad is kind of like healthier and you know the new coach with uh uh brondello can kind of like invigorate mm-hmm. them I, th- I feel like new york feels like it's on the come up and they don't need to do too much in the off season, which, which could be true. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, the Connecticut suns, they kept MVP John Cole Jones. Um, and they also signed uh, Courtney Williams from the Atlanta dream who had some controversies. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think hopefully for them that, you know, these are just like, one-off instances and that she's not like a toxic presence mm-hmm. in the locker room i think you know people when they see that you're talented they don't really care about your off the court stuff so that's kind of interesting for them well this could end up being a massive improvement for them and they're already a great team who knows i feel like i didn't get to see a lot of atlanta dream games last year same with the indiana fever like those are two teams that I didn't get to see a ton of, so I, I can't speak on them as much, but um, I think the dream are probably just sort of like relieved to move on, it seems, and uh, we'll have to have some sort of a fresh start. But yeah, this is interesting for the sun. Yeah, the I mean, just side note, the dream, the fever, 
and maybe even the mystics are sort of in a place where they don't have a lot to be excited about, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Connecticut just has to kind of like lick their wounds and, and have a better playoff plan and just kind of be ready um, because they, they, they surprised the league and, and, you know, crushed the regular season with a, what, what was the record? It was yeah, 26 and six. Um, I'll have to look at it, but like, I, it looks like to me, like one of the better WNBA records uh, we, you know, we've seen. So really good team didn't really show up in the playoffs, kind of got punched in, uh, you know, uh, punched in the gut and didn't respond. But uh, like you said, you know, Courtney could be a really big addition. And I do think sometimes teams that are very good, just getting a inc- an increment better is actually massive. You know, when you're already really good, getting a little bit better is just that much more wiggle room to, you know, be nervous in the playoffs and that sort of thing. But again, you know, they, they probably surprised themselves a little bit last year and, this year, the league will be unnoticed, and I'm sure they will be treated differently and approach the playoffs differently. And I'm rooting for Courtney as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia Fowles uh, stayed with the Minnesota Lynx um, as well. They have kept uh, Leisha Clarendon, which is good. I don't know if you have anything to say about the Lynx. No, the Lynx is kind of like ho-hum. I, I am glad they kept Fowles. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there's a chance that she kind of got into, you know, ring ring chasing mode, which I never blame a player for, but yeah, I always, yeah, that's what I was kind of like maybe leaning towards potentially, but um, she stayed, which is cool. Uh, Nafisa Collier is expecting, we talked about that uh, a few episodes ago. So she's due Mm -hmm. in May, which is when the WNBA season starts. So it's unclear yet um, if she's going to play the season at any point or not. Um, I don't know that if should be. Any... Sorry, go oh, ahead. I was I was gonna say that that should be interesting for us, uh, watching like what's the timeline there. Um, it's not something I've ever had to cover as like a as a sports person. So, mm-hmm. um, the Mystics. I don't really know what's happening, uh, with the Mystics. <laughs> yeah, lost Tina Charles. Um, I think they're still hoping that uh, Della Don can return to form um i think they they were the ones that had the rights to um to emma misaman so uh that i think is probably a uh yeah uh yeah emma misaman was was there when um when they last won the uh title in 2019 so the fact that she's coming back and and they're not getting her um is 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 a pretty big loss i would say right. yeah so I, I put washington in uh definitely the lower end of the uh of the offseason it seems like they're taking some else yeah um is there anything else you want to address in ter- as far as free agency goes no i think we got it i mean um yeah i, th- I feel like we covered everyone <laughs> i i also love that uh espn just the, the way they described Dallas, the Dallas wings were no grade. They, yeah, they had so no funny. money and they couldn't do anything. So they didn't do anything. All right. See you later. I honestly forget half the time that the Dallas wings is even a team. Yeah. That's on them. Um, but also maybe a bit on us. No, that's but- on them. That yeah. is fully yeah. just on them. You are not noteworthy to the point where even 
ESPN ranking your free agency also says you're not noteworthy. I was like, oh shit, the wings exist still. Yeah, I mean, they Wild. did come to an agreement with Arike uh, Agubawale, so that's good that she's extended through 2025. But um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty like low key, which uh, I don't think is what you want to do if you're a team that's trying to get better. Yeah, yeah. Um, who would you say lost free agency? We both agree that the Sparks won. Uh, yeah, I would say. You know, I, I, I'm tempted to say the aces for losing camp age, but I think I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say Chicago because, you know, like, yeah, they haven't necessarily lost. It's still uh, up in the air with Chicago though. But just like, as far as like a momentum thing, I think it's, it's not, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Chicago is still okay. And I'm going back on that a little bit. Like, yeah, for me, Chicago, Atlanta, both like Chicago, because like you would, you would hope that it's like, oh my God, Chicago won. Like all these players are like taking a discount to like play with Chicago. And it's like, they're, they're going back to back and going to win again with Candace. And it seems like that there's not a lot of momentum behind them for sure. Repeating like it, it, it kind of seems like they're not like stocking up. They're like hoping to kind of hang on to what they had and, you know, if you remember, like obviously Parker was injured, but like they they didn't barely make the playoffs, but like they weren't like comfortably in the playoffs. No, they you can say they barely made the playoffs. There, I said it. They barely they made had the to do that whole play in scenario, right? Exactly. Um, but both the finals teams were barely in the playoffs. Both the Mercury and the Sky were kind of in that scenario. Mm-hmm. But, but the Mercury was like, okay, we're gonna, you know. We're taking this seriously. Sure. I mean, I don't think the sky weren't thinking that. I, I think the sky were not being serious. They were just make, <laughs> cracking jokes and doing bits and having a laugh. And they just totally forgot about the deadline. And now it's too late. And all the other serious teams are, are staring seriously and, and winning. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to say the Aces lost. <laughs> I'm just going to just yeah. say the Aces lost. They lost Liz Cambage. It's a big loss for that team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you think about like if they're when they're up against teams like the Mercury, who's going to guard Brittany Griner? You know what I mean? Like they're going to have some really tough matchups to address. Um, and also, you know, the, the Becky Hammond dynamic changes now right now that we know how much she's making it's like she's gonna have so much to prove she's gonna have to practically put on a uniform you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. she's gonna have so much to prove there's a lot of pressure on this team now that i feel didn't exist before this salary became known like it's gonna be she's there's gonna be a lot of scrutiny on this team too um so yeah i'm gonna say it's the aces it is the aces. I just feel like I, uh, you're, I tried allowed to have to be, like, you're, you're allowed to be a hater, Freddie. You're allowed to be, a I hater. tried to have like a creative answer, but yeah, like losing one of the best players in the world, uh, is, is bad <laughs> because you paid your coach more. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. 
Okay, so Freddie, you have sent me a topic that will completely enrage me and likely all our listeners, but nice. we'll dive into it. So a former PGA Tour player, Mark Lai, uh, it has been fired as a serious XM host due to his comments about the WNBA. Why was he speaking about the WNBA at all? who knows uh this is what he said on a broadcast uh we have the the quotes here uh i'll read it for everybody he said on the air quote you know the lg the lpga the (laughs) sorry you know the lpga tour to me is a completely different tour than it was 10 years ago uh he said on the radio quote, you couldn't play, you couldn't pay me to watch. You really couldn't because I couldn't relate at all. It's kind of like if you were a basketball player and I'm not trashing anybody, please don't take it the wrong way. I saw some highlights of ladies basketball, man, is there a gun in the house? I'll shoot myself before I watch that. Uh, and then he later went on Twitter to say, uh, I was terminated about comments made about the WNBA, which I apologized for starting the next segment. Uh, he went on to say after he was let go, quote, the fact that I can't relate to WNBA does not make me sexist in any way. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that without laughing. All you haters should listen to the whole segment where I completely glorified women's golf, which I love to cover. Thanks for listening. Good Lord. Freddie, you can start. Well, I'll say this. I feel like the reason I, I kind of like wanted to bring this onto the pod was not to feel miserable. Um, <laughs> but that says more just about my current state right now. No, no. I, I think I think it's 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 like all reactions are, are, are fair. I just as I've gotten more and more into the WNBA and before I was into the WNBA, I feel like um, misogyny and kind of like slander and, you know, like backhanded like comments and just like kind of like derogatory punching down style language, you know, I've, I've been a big part of the WNBA conversation. Like I can't tell you how many people, you know, I've heard say like, you know, they don't dunk enough or, like, well, just whatever kind of like crappy, you know, male ideas you have around it. And, you know, I saw this come up when I was reading like WNBA news. And I guess I was kind of wondering, like, you know, what is to be done with this type of like, I, I you know, casual, you know, male garbage stuff where where people are just like openly trashing like so yeah this guy was fired or whatever um but is is that going to stop the next person from speaking in like a shitty way about the WNBA um it's just something i'm sort of thinking about like as a, like what you know is there a is there a solution here that that like other than just like firing this guy like and i don't yeah. mean don't fire him i mean like what is yeah I don't know if it's just because I'm currently feeling just like very depressed about the world and stuff at the moment, but like, uh, okay, I'm going to say something controversial on here. 
Stop firing these people whenever they say something fucked up. Stop firing them because you know what happens? Then they just start their own fucking show where they become a right wing extremist and they have all these men that will validate everything they say, no matter what. And this whole shit that we're living in just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Stop firing people. Stop canceling people. I'm so fucking over it. People are misogynistic. People are racist. People are sexist. People are homophobic. Like, it's just like the only way it's going to change is if we stop firing them and we can just be like, hey, you know what? That wasn't cool because of X, Y, and Z. Give them a chance to say sorry and then just move on. Like, because we're not going to change minds by firing people. And, and in fact, not only do we not change minds by firing people, we do the complete opposite. And that is we're just creating more and more extremists in the world. Now, I'm not saying this particular individual has become an extremist since this happened, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, over the last like decade, frankly, we just start seeing this more and more and more. And now we have a massive propaganda issue with things like vaccines and all this other stuff. And then mm-hmm. there's white wing extremists that are using this as an opportunity to frankly recruit people. And it's like, where does it end? You know, because people just want to be right. They just want to be validated. They want to be heard and they want to be seen. And nobody wants to be told that they're wrong. Nobody wants to be called out. You know, nobody wants to be told that they're sexist or racist or misogynistic or homophobic because that means they are quote unquote a bad person. And they can't handle that. And it's like nobody has the nuance to hold on to the fact that you just said a bad thing and no one can actually tell you if you are a bad person or not. Maybe they can. Maybe they feel that way because they're hurt by what you did. But that isn't all that you are. And there needs to be room for that. And I'm just so over it because I feel like where does this end? You know what I mean? Like when you look at everything in the world, I'm sorry, this is like such a huge tangent, but it's like, there's going to be a tipping point and it could be disastrous and we could end up living in more and more extreme states if we don't find a way to just like, God, I don't want to say come together, but really like this has, the cancel culture doesn't work. I'm not saying you don't have the right to be angry. I'm angry, but it doesn't work. And we need to do something else to hold people accountable, to feel some sort of justice in the world without pushing people to the extremes of society. And then the extremes become the norm. Yeah. I mean, well said. So, so many good points, Catherine. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. Um, You know, I, and I think like, this is a sort of like dialogue that we're bringing up when we, you know, talk about a guy like Mark Lai, because I think, you know, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on on so much of what you're saying. And I feel like, I mean, this is like, I guess, a larger cancel culture conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's okay. But like, I I feel like I can, like, I I agree with you so much that I don't really have to, you know, push it in in a bunch of directions. But uh, one thing you said so well is like accountability. And I think, we're, we're, we're sort of in this situation from, from lack of equality and lack of accountability in the first place. So 
what's happening is like, yeah. you know, people are trying to make others accountable and it's just so messy and people aren't learning lessons. And sort of why I was fixating on this when I was reading it is that, is this guy going to learn a lesson or is he going to be like another canceled figure that's added to, you know, this like Mount Rushmore of canceled people yeah. who become heroes and martyrs um, because they actually didn't have to live through their own mistakes. What if, for instance, we, we, we sort of go, oh my God, that's ridiculous that you said that. Here's a gun. Go to a WNBA game. We're going <laughs> to film you the whole time. And if it's that bad, blow your head off. You know what I mean? Do it, dude. Or are you joking? And it's actually a more tolerable sport than what you're saying. But really what you're trying to say is that you don't respect women. You know, because yeah. we've also, or you don't respect a certain type of woman, right? The type of woman that plays golf, that's okay. The type of woman that plays basketball, less okay. And what are you saying there? Um, so I think like, you know, I, anyways, yeah, I, I now went on a rant, but I'm, I, I am really agreeing with you. Like, I don't feel that we're, we're working on like long-term solutions, uh, I also, you know, maybe I slightly disagree in that, like, I don't think a privileged position position such as a re reporter or radio host of uh, Sirius XM or ESPN affiliate, which is an incredible job, deserves to just make a million mistakes. However, I don't know how many mistakes this guy's made, you know, mm -hmm. has have they put him through the HR machine. I don't know. So I think that discourse is missing. And I totally agree that when you kind of like castrate something and fire it into the ocean, then you're not learning anything from it. Anyhow, that's my rant. I feel like I was trying to accompany your rant, but this guy does piss me off and it's a frustrating part of the discourse. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said too. We don't know um, if this is a pattern or not with this person and i think like these things do need to be you know case by case basis mm -hmm. i'm just saying generally speaking like i'm just so over the person saying something terrible them being fired and nothing changing yeah. or nothing like we don't learn anything difference. yeah yeah and you know he and then he just becomes the next guest on joe rogan's podcast or something yeah. like that right and, and then it's just like god like it's just such a cycle mm -hmm. and it, yeah it needs to it needs to change it just needs to change also to like like you said it's like has this guy been to a game like how like he watched a couple highlights like what did he even watch like what is this opinion even completely based on i love what he's like uh don't take this wrong the wrong way <laughs> but does anybody have a gun like that is so wild and then just being like uh just because i can't relate to this doesn't mean i'm sexist and it's like well you can't relate to it because they're women mm -hmm. very much right like and, and you could yeah, you could this only was, relate to the male version of the sport yeah like, like if it's it pretty was, like textbook sexism actually yeah, it's absolutely textbook sexism, um, you know, so it's just I don't I don't have the energy to like help people understand, you know, like you said, sometimes you see these people that it's like, no, you just need to talk to them and, you know, cross the aisle, so to speak. I don't have the energy to do that, but 
there is something to be said for it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Sure. I'm not here with answers. Like if we've learned anything over the last two years, do not take health or political advice from podcasters. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Even me uh, <laughs> seek a professional, but I, I just, you know, it's just well, jokes I, aside, I, check out Catherine's homeopathy website. It's really cool. <laughs> I have healing crystals. I have candles. Yeah. There's an the essence only, of anything you can think of in there. Yeah, you only need natural medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just so fucking over it. That's all. That's all I'm really saying. Fair. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, I wish I was in a better headspace. I'm sorry. I'm just also like not feeling great when it comes to this kind of stuff either. Um, we're going to end on a fun note, everybody listening. Uh, if you're still listening, <laughs> thank you. Um, it's time for Freddie's fun question. Uh, Freddie, you decided to ask the two of us, if you were a WNBA agent, what would be your negotiating strategy or persona? That's right. Freddie, go first. Um, party animal. Uh, so my whole, my, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, I tried to think of like a clever answer. I'm sure there's other agents that do this, but that would be my bag. Um, I would be like, listen, the whole time you spend with me is a wild party and we're just going to be cool and do fun stuff. And it's, it's like, you know, it's sort of a collective thing. Like I try and get the coolest people and, um, yeah, just play the social game. That, that would be, you know, talking about brand stuff. Like I would want my agency to be like fun and uh, yeah, just like, like out of control parties. That's all. I love it. Um, I wish I thought of that. Um, hold on. I'm trying to think of, wow. I was trying to Google something, but it didn't delete what I last Googled. And then they were combined, you know, <laughs> just oh, I know. whatever happened. Oh, I was there. thinking I would be because I'm thinking I'm the agent I, that I would be like a devil wears Prada type. I'd be very fierce. Okay. Very, um, you know, dress immaculately. Yeah. I very would... pro cancel culture. Very pro cancel culture. You know, maybe like a little gray swoop in my hair. And I would just, I wouldn't say a lot, you know, I'll let the other people talk, just look at people and be like, that's all, you know, just that would be like, I would be like a really tough, hard nosed uh, negotiator, but this party thing sounds so much better. Yeah, I, 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 I can say this for the, for the silly answer, you can abandon your answer and come over to the party bus and join my agency if you want because it's gonna be wild uh it's probably gonna be one of those like hippo buses it's like literally i love that it's a party bus it's a party bus yeah it's it's a yeah we'll drive we drive to the gm's office you have to bribe us with parties yeah yeah like we only negotiate we're like we we only sign contracts in the club in our booth that's right which like happens, full... right? That was there was a notorious story about the about the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. years back. Was yeah, it DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan? Jordan? Yeah, yep. that they signed the contract in the club. Uh, yeah, I, I 
thank you, Freddie. Thank you for giving me an invitation. Um, thank you for looking at my resume, at my expertise, at my qualifications. Um, yep. Yes, I accept your job offer. Um, I shall now merge my agency that thank is you. old and stiff, uptight. I will now dye the gray swoop in my hair uh, red. Why not? Oh, wow. Sure. And, and, and I will join your agency. We are merged. Amazing. Um, the uh, Revis and uh, Niker agency that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that rolls around the party bus. And we also do Cuba beach parties. What's up? And when you sign with us, we upgrade your seats on commercial flights for you. <laughs> I went, in my, my head went straight to Wi-Fi. Will you sign with us? We upgrade Free Wi-Fi. Wi <laughs> Wherever you go, we got you. Oh man, it seems like a good note to end things on. Real emotional roller coaster, uh, but we good. did it. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Freddie, where can people find you on the internet? Um, yeah, check me out on Twitter and Insta. On Twitter, I'm uh, Freddie Rivas, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S. Instagram, Freddie Rivas with Noel in the middle, Freddie Noel Rivas. And uh, also check out my basketball podcast, Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast, at Dunks Podcast on Twitter, and dunkspodcast.com for our website. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> And you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Uh, you can check out my NBA podcast, The Buckets and Tea NBA Show, available on Raptors Republic. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll check you next time. Bye. See ya.